and welcome to another episode of the Tax Chick Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a life update and we're going to talk about Drake and most importantly, I'm going to talk about the CEBA loans and some of the new repayment terms that came out recently. So guess starting on life update, I've been like absent from social media for the last couple of weeks because things have been just bananas, bananas at work, bananas at home. I'm sure I am not the only one that's feeling this way. I feel like Mercury has been in retrograde for like six weeks now. And uh, it's good to be busy, but man, it's a little bit too busy. So um, I think that the last time I would have updated anyone was after Craig and I got back from New York in the Barbie Cafe. Um, We also had a trip in the end of August to Vancouver where we went to a Drake concert. This was my first Drake concert. Um, Craig has gone to see him whenever possible because Craig is a diehard Drake fan, my husband Craig, and uh, like a very, very serious Drake fan. And he has been a Drake fan from the beginning. Like he's like an OG Drake fan. I was a reluctant participant in this concert, but I have to say I left the concert more of a Drake fan than when I went into the concert. He put on a phenomenal concert, a great show. It was like three hours long. He surprised us with Travis Scott. So that made Craig pretty excited. And uh, it was an all around good evening. We loved Vancouver. Um, But there's been lots of Drake news lately, because if anybody else is a Drake fan, you would know that on October the 6th that I don't know, I think it was like 8am. Craig could tell you the exact time, but (laughs) Drake released his new album for all the dogs. Now, the last, I don't know, 48 hours in our house has been pretty Drake heavy. So when a new album comes out, I kind of feel obliged to listen to it because Craig's talking about it all the time. And so I sort of need to know what he's talking about. But I listen to new new Drake albums very differently from how Craig listens to new Drake albums. So Craig, like most high heart, diehard Drake fans, um, he listens from the beginning of the album all the way to the end. And then sometimes he works his way from the back to the front. And then he Googles what all the lyrics mean. And it's all very serious. Personally, I pull up the album um, and I start listening. And if within the first 30 seconds, the song's not doing it for me, I just skip to the next one, which for Craig is totally blasphemous. So there's actually songs on this album I have not heard all the way through. But in my personal opinion, there are three songs on this album that I I don't mind. Um, One of them is I quite like Gently with Bad Bunny. It's got a great beat. I like First Person Shooter with J. Cole. And I like Daylight. And the rest of them, I could take them or leave them. Don't tell Craig I said that. (laughs) Anyway, though, speaking of Drake, there is a connection between Drake and taxes, which is part of why I'm talking about this. So I'm not sure if you heard some of the excitement about Drake's album cover for this album. And it is a picture that has been drawn by his son Adonis and it's of a goat. Um, There's a whole video of Adonis talking with Drake on Drake's Instagram, which Craig made me watch, where Adonis is explaining his artwork to his dad. And he, you know, he says this is daddy goat, meaning Drake, obviously greatest of all time is how Drake is viewing this. Um, but word on the street is that Drake might or might not have paid Adonis to use this, um, this artwork as the cover for his album. And Adonis refuses to comment in the video, (laughs) but there's been a lot of talk about artists paying their kids lately. So, I mean, we know Beyonce paid Blue Ivy to be a backup dancer on her tour. Um, we're pretty sure Drake paid Adonis, um, some sort of licensing fee or something to use this artwork. And so it's kind of interesting because in the States, 
in the U.S., there's this this option called a custodial Roth IRA, and it's a form of retirement account, and it's opened up for minor children by a guardian. And in order to contribute to one of these accounts, the kid has to have earned income. So, I mean, most kids, this is like babysitting or, you know, maybe they're doing some filing at your office or they're helping to wait tables at your restaurant. Uh, apparently for Adonis, it's, you know, drawing artwork for daddy's album or for Beyonce. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to be a backup singer for mom. Um, anyway, uh, they can use the money in the fund to buy investments. Um, and there's a, somewhat of a, a tax sheltering component to the growth of those investments in this account. And so there's lots of speculation over whether this is what Drake did, because one is assuming that Drake has proper tax advice in the U.S. and Canada and, you know, maybe helped to make Adonis a very rich little guy. I, I don't know. And, and speaking of Drake, I was stumbled across this really great um, article in the All About Estates blog, and I'm going to link it in the show notes. And the article is all about, you know, what Drake's estate planning needs would be in Canada. And so it's not dealing with the U.S. issues, but it's talking about, you know, his OVO company in Canada and and some of the maybe the cross-border concerns that might happen. It's a great article. It's also really funny because the person who wrote it must be somewhat of a Drake fan. They have all these headings throughout the article that are somehow tied with to songs of Drake. So um, there's like one of the headings is running through subsection 75 with my woes. I think we all know what song that is. Um, just funny stuff. So I will link that article because it's very entertaining, but also very educational. Um, and it presents a lot of the same issues that business owner clients have um, kind of across the country. Anyway, that's my commentary on Drake. Um, hit me up and let me know what your favorite song is from Drake's latest album and whether or not you happen to see him um, on his Canadian tour. However, the actual point of today's podcast is to talk about the CEBA loans, and um, these are the Canadian or Canada Emergency Business Account Loans, CEBA, and I had a lot of requests to talk about these, and I've been posting a bit about this on Instagram and LinkedIn. There was a bit of a government announcement recently about changes to the repayment terms for these loans, and the government announcement was not clear at all. And I had a lot of business owners who were very confused and thinking they had a lot more time to repay than they actually do. And so I thought this might be a great time to kind of go back to basics, remind everybody of what this loan was, try to clarify some of the repayment terms and give some suggestions as we head into the end of the calendar year for what you might want to do about these loans. So what are the CEBA loans? Well, I have to take us back to a dark time. I have to take us back to March of 2020, height of the pandemic. The government was releasing all of these programs, these loan programs to try to help business owners restart, reinvigorate their business. There were programs for um, helping with rent, um, helping with payroll. Um, then there was also this general business loan that you could get. And it was available from actually April the 9th of 2020. Um, they announced it earlier, but you could start applying April 9th of 2020. And it was open till June 30th of 2021. And when you look at the final stats of the loans that they gave out, they actually gave out $49 billion in interest-free, partially forgivable loans. And these went out to about 900,000 small businesses and not-for-profit organizations across the country. And when the program was initially announced, um, there was criteria. 
um, that you had to have this active business checking operating account. That requirement was eventually removed in October of that year. And then the original loan amount when you first applied in April was actually $40,000. And then there was a extension or broadening of the scope of the loan in December of 2020 to actually allow you to have a total loan of $60,000. So you could apply for another 20. And you essentially applied for these loans um, through your respective financial institution. So this wasn't something where you, you know, wrote up CRA and said, hey, can I have a loan? Um, you would write Royal Bank or you'd ask TD. And so each of the financial institutions had a set of loan documents and certain terms that govern the loan as well. And there were two streams for eligibility. The first stream was the payroll stream. And in order to fit under that stream, you had to have had employment income paid in the 2019 calendar year of between $20,000 and $1.5 million Canadian. Or you could apply under something called the non-deferrable expense stream. And that was for anybody who didn't have employment income um, of at least $20,000 in 2019. And so when applying, you had to tell which stream you were fitting under. And you had to have an active CRA business number as of March the 1st of 2020. You had to be intending to operate a business or to resume operations of a business. And if you applied under that non-deferrable expense stream, you had to have what they called eligible non-deferrable expenses. And those had to be between at least $40,000 and $1.5 million. And examples included rent, property taxes, utilities, insurance, etc. We were warned that these were all subject to audit. The um, names of, of groups and businesses who applied for these loans were all publicly available on CRA's website. And back when these loans first came out, I did do a blog post where I talked about this loan as well as the other loans available at the time and gave a bit of a warning that this was a great time to put stuff in a folder, whether that be an electronic folder or a paper folder, reminding you of what loans you applied for, why you thought that you met the criteria, what you use the loan money for, and then, of course, getting ready to track that repayment when it happened. Because I don't know about you, but pretty much everything from March 1 of 2020 to the end of that calendar year is a bit of a black hole for me. And so I knew that if I fast forwarded a number of years, I was not going to remember why I thought I qualified and what I used the money for. So I had suggested kind of gathering that information at the time. Now, if you're listening to this and you got the loan and you, you're saying, oh, no, Amanda, I didn't put that information together. Well, there is no time like the present. Um, take some time, go back, locate the loan documents, locate your application, print it out, save it, put it all in one place. Try to start tracking some of this down because I do believe that probably um, when we all have to start reporting some of the taxable income, which I'll talk about in a minute, there's going to be a, a sort of a string of audits on this. And I don't know how they're going to pick, but I think it's going to happen. And so we might as well be ready. So that was the initial premise for the loan. It was to help give this sort of kickstart of cash to business owners to be used to try to get the economy started again, right? And what was the big perk of the loan? Well, the big perk was that it promised part of the loan would be forgivable. 
and the loan itself was going to be interest-free for a period of time. And the government kept extending this interest-free period. So it's sort of like the government was bankrolling you for a period of time. Now, what was the big change that came up recently? So in the last couple of months, the federal government announced a big change to the CEBA terms. And what they said is that these new terms were going to change the repayment requirements. And it also talked about a refinancing option. The problem is the way that they did these releases was really confusing. And it almost looked like you didn't actually have to repay anything until 2026. And you'd still get the forgivable portion, which is not the case. So in the show notes, I am going to link the CRA FAQs. And they're actually quite detailed, and I hate to say it, but they're helpful. Um, They talk about different scenarios and what might happen in those scenarios. And so I do suggest that you take a peek. Also, you're going to want to pull the loan documents specific to your loan because there may be some different terms in there in terms of how interest charges are applied. Um, The information I'm giving today is very general and broad in nature. Usually most of the banks had some sort of a phone number that you could phone or a contact person if you had questions specific to the CEBA loans. So if you don't know what your terms are, phone that number now, get the information now so you're ahead of the game. So what are the new terms? Well, you now have until January the 18th of 2024 to repay the loan. Up until that date, it's a 0% interest rate on the outstanding balance. Starting January 19th of 2024, there's going to be a 5% per annum interest rate. And the interest payment frequency will depend on the loan terms that you have with your bank. You are not required to make any sort of principal repayment before January 18th of 2024. But if any part of the loan remains outstanding outside of the forgivable portion on January 19th of 2024, it's going to convert. It'll convert to a non-amortizing term loan and the full principal. So no loan forgiveness. The full principal will be due on December 31st of 2026. Now, if you want the debt forgiveness portion, you've got two options. So remember the debt forgiveness was if you had a $40,000 loan, but you repaid $30,000 by the deadline, then the last $10,000 was forgivable. If you had a $60,000 loan and you repaid $40,000 by the deadline, the remaining $20,000 was forgivable. Again, big picture terms, check your loan documents for specifics. This is still the case. It's just that the deadline has moved. So the new deadline that you're working towards is January 18, 2024. Now there's two ways to approach this. Either, you know, A, you have the cash, so you pay the actual amount that you have to pay by January 18, 2024. The remaining amount is the forgivable portion and we all move on with our lives. Or if you don't have the funds, you can go and seek a refinancing of the loan. And as long as your application for refinancing is in before January 18th, you get a little bit of a grace period. So if there's some delays on the part of the bank, which there might be, because there could be a huge number of these applications going in. If there's delays on the part of the bank, you actually have until March the 28th of 2024 to repay that principal amount, less the debt forgiveness portion. But Keep in mind that any amounts outstanding on January the 19th, regardless of whether you've applied for financing, there is an interest component that has to be paid. So let's kind of work through an example. If we think about Mary, 
Mary receives a $40,000 CEBA loan in September 2020. She does not have enough funds to repay that amount or to repay $30,000 by January 18th of 2024. But she talks with her bank and she applies for a refinancing of the loan. And she gets her refinancing application into the bank before the end of the calendar year. So on January 19th, 2024, her CEBA loan is going to start accruing interest at 5% per annum. And whether or not she has to make interest payments is going to be dependent on her loan terms with the bank. But it's okay because in the meantime, she's not going to have to pay the principal because she's waiting to hear back on her refinancing. And so let's say she finds out on March the 1st that she gets her refinancing. As long as by March the 28th, she pays the principal amount of $30,000 plus any interest that has accrued since January the 19th, the remaining $10,000 will be forgivable. The moral of this story is that we are already almost in middle of October. This is the time to start thinking about whether or not you have the funds to complete that repayment or whether you need to seek refinancing. Do not delay on this because I think the banks are going to be super behind. So you want to think about, you know, is refinancing an option either from a bank or maybe from a third party, from a private funding of some sort? Is it time to look for an angel investor? Um, how are you going to handle this repayment? And also some things to keep in mind is that even if you do pay off the principal amount and you get the forgivable portion, don't forget that forgivable portion is taxable. I mean, the government's not going to give you that huge of a break. So you still have to report that forgivable amount and that is taxable to your business. You also um, need to remember that if you're in transition in your business, so you're either selling your business or maybe you're buying the shares of another business, um, if there was a CEBA loan that was outstanding, you want to have that somehow written into your legal documents. So you don't want to take over someone else's CEBA loan. That is not your problem. Um, and if they also have promised you that they've paid it off, you want to have some sort of indemnities in place. So if CRA comes back and reassesses, it's not going to be your problem. Problem. So those are things that we have to think about. Um, in addition, you want to make sure you're keeping all of the documentation about what you paid, how you paid it, when you paid it. Again, that goes into your audit file. And then if you do get chosen for audit on this loan, you are ready to go. You can provide all your details right away. So that is the sort of snapshot of these rules and some of the changes that are coming into play. I will be releasing a blog post on this topic in the next couple of weeks, so make sure that you are signed up at www.thetaxchick.ca as a member. It is free to register um, for the public, and um, it gives you notifications of new blog posts and also gives you access to all of the other blog posts that I have available. I have over 65 blog posts on various topics that are available to you, and so I do suggest that you sign up so you don't miss out on that. Good luck. Please dig into this sooner rather than later. If you need help, reach out to your advisor, reach out to your other business owner friends. The sooner you can deal with this, the better. I hope that this episode was helpful to you. Uh, anytime that you have ideas for future episodes, please reach out at the tax chick podcast at gmail.com. Give me a follow on Instagram at tax.chick. I'm also on LinkedIn as Amanda Doucette. 
And I really appreciate your support of the podcast um, and looking forward to releasing some more episodes for you before the end of this season. Please note that the views, thoughts, and opinions that are expressed in this podcast episode belong solely to the speaker and are not necessarily the view of the speaker's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. In addition, the information provided and discussed in this podcast is not legal advice. I encourage you to consult with your legal advisor for specific advice.